In-Depth Douglas is a new student-produced podcast about civic life in Douglasville, Douglas County, Georgia. Civic life includes government, education, arts and culture, religion, community service, all things that comprise the public life we share together. Through authentic, thoughtful conversations, we seek to take the public deeper into the lives of our civic leaders and the organizations they lead so that all of us who call Douglasville and Douglas County home can engage more productively and effectively in the civic life of the community. Here we are at Lindef Douglas inaugural uh, podcast, and uh, we have a special guest today. Couldn't ask for a better uh, guest on our inaugural uh, podcast, and we're here with Mr. Trent North, uh, superintendent of Douglas County School System since 2017. Uh, he came here uh, from, came to us from uh, Carrollton, where he worked for 25 years as a school and uh, district administrator. And while he was serving uh, in the school system, uh, he also served on the Carrollton City Council and so has extensive um, s- small town political uh, experience as well. So, um, as advertised, you know, the main topic for today is kind of the COVID story, this, like, taking us inside to, like, what was that really like? Um, and we all know sort of the basics. We know the decisions, but can't imagine how hard that was. And so, but before we get into that, I'd just like to give you a chance to tell us what led you to come here four years ago. Um, four years ago, um, I was serving as principal of Carrollton Middle School, and my brother wasn't doing well, and I knew that... Um, God had plans for me. wasn't sure what they were. My belief is, is that if I do it, it's going to be difficult. If God does it, I don't have to do it because he's going to guide my steps, guide my thought, thoughts. And so I prayed about it. Uh, there were five superintendencies that were open at the time. Uh, after much prayer and guidance, uh, it is with peace that I know I am where God wants me to be. When I see the work that we've already accomplished in just four years, uh, I know that it's nothing that I could have done. Um, and so I am here uh, through prayer. And it, it, the last four years, I'm sure, has affirmed that calling. Absolutely. And the fruit of your, your labors. And, um, and we recognize that as well. Thank and, you. and glad that you, that you are here. So thank you. All right, so um, since COVID uh, is on everyone's mind still, especially with the hope and promise of returning back to normal, um, and the extent to which that's even possible, that's, that's what I want to uh, focus on first, and then we'll circle back at the end to talk about your vision for the school system, kind of generally your hopes and dreams for, for our school system. So what was it like for you and your leadership team when COVID hit in March 2020, take us in viscerally to the thoughts, the emotions, the the hardships, the difficulties, and shutting schools down, and what went into that. I I remember when I I got a heads up from the governor's office, um, letting letting us know that they were going to uh, close um, and require everyone to stay at home. And and they asked, you know, at the school system, are you all planning to what, what are we looking to do in Douglas County? And I had met with my entire team. And so we anticipated that we would go home 
and provide online instruction up until spring break. So when we met, we were preparing units and lesson plans and, and copying assignments with the anticipation of returning. Right, so you thought it was going to be a short-term oh, yeah. quarantine yeah. period. Because all of the media, the, the media was, the media was is, it's not really here. We just want to get ahead of it. The, right. the media was, because America... And, and if we do, it won't take long to Yeah, because America was still debating. Mm, right. uh, and so America was debating, well, is it real or is it not real or how long will it be here? Well, if we go home for X amount of... If we, if we isolate ourselves for uh, 10 days, and it all go away. Mm. And so listening to all of... Listening to the media... And, and reading what was in the, 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 the headlines, we really felt and believed that after spring break, we would return. And, of course, that did not occur. And when did, when did you realize that wasn't going to be the case? Um, four days into it. Um, I, what I realized as a superintendent and that we had to figure out how to monitor the data on a local level, state level, and a national level. And so two weeks into it, um, we began, I began to meet with uh, Dr. Janet Meemar, the executive director from the health department. And so uh, I would meet with my team weekly. I would meet with the, all of the superintendents in the Metro RISA every Wednesday. I would meet with Dr. Meemar, the superintendent of Cobb County, the superintendent of Marietta County, Every, I mean, Marietta City School System, every Thursday at 4 o'clock, we would hold a meeting. It was a coordinated regional. It was a coordinated, you know, a coordinated state had, effort. It had to be, right, of course. Yeah. So, so were there any, like, difficult decisions where there was some dissent, like, even even within the district or with those other bodies? Where, yeah. So tell us about one sort of conflict that was particularly hard and how that got well, resolved. Well, what I would say the conflict was is there was still a debate amongst even the leadership was whether or not was COVID real or not. Huh. Uh, should we uh, close school or not? Should we trace or not? Who should be responsible for tracing? Should the schools be responsible for tracing? Or should the, the, uh, the Department of Public Health be responsible for tracing? Hmm. Um, what happens it's if just someone... dividing responsibilities and yeah. figuring out who can do what best? Yes. Or, 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 you know, and everybody, and so you had the health department, they were struggling in a good way, trying to test uh, those who were concerned as to whether or not they were having po to, uh, to find out whether they were positive or negative. So the health department, they're trying to do their part, and, and then they're trying to figure out, now that we know that someone's positive, who's going to be responsible for the tracing? If I can't keep up with the test, if I can't get the test in, um, and so it was... That sounds incredibly complicated. And so it was, it was, it was complicated and and, and everybody was reading their articles, and, and everybody, all of a sudden, they were becoming an expert. Uh, and so the, the, the challenging part instant, for me, Instant experts. Instant experts. Oh. And so the, the challenging part for me was every um, Thursday at 3 o'clock, uh, I think we met at 3, 3 or 4 o'clock, um, I would receive the number of people who tested positive in Douglas County. I would receive the number of people who are in the IC beds uh, at, uh, at Wellstar. I would receive how many beds they have available. So the data I had, and I, would, I had my little Excel spreadsheet, and I would track it and monitor it every day. Wow. In addition to that, I had my staff 
tracking what was occurring at school. And so if a student tested positive, we would track where were you, who were you with. Mm -hmm. And so we could tell, based upon our tracing, where the virus where the person uh, became positive from. Imagine some people had to take on jobs and responsibilities they never had to do before because school system is not, not used to Absolutely. doing that. that. That is fascinating. So on the other end of this, once we got through to the summer, mm -hmm. during the summer, um, in contrast with nearby districts like mm -hmm. Paulding, mm -hmm. um, which didn't even have a strong mask requirement mm -hmm. and was very lax and mm -hmm. went to school five times a, a day. Mm -hmm. But then on the other extreme, I mean, five times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other extreme, uh, Atlanta, which didn't even go back in person at all. Um, Douglas County really struck a balance where, from a parent perspective, um, and we have I have four children in the school system, where you did everything you could to maximize the amount of um, in-person instruction, but while also being very, very strict and, and rigorous in, in your, your protocols. So take us into that decision. You know, I mean, you didn't go the Paulding way. You didn't go the Atlanta way. So, like, how did that, how did that come about? So what, what happens is all of that was good conversations between my board, my principals, teachers, and the community. Uh, trying to figure out we, we always want science to dictate what we do. And there's a balance between making sure you follow science and also allow people some flexibility of choice. Sure, because science isn't always definitive. In fact, often it's not. Especially, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to say whether it's definitive or not. What I would say is we don't know until after how definitive it is. And so what right. I mean by that is, right. yeah, yes. so we don't know. It makes total sense. Yes. Yeah, and so, but, but here's what I do know. I feel very comfortable that the model we had was probably a very strong and good model. Uh, I think it was better than the city of Atlanta because we were able to provide instruction face-to-face. -face. And that's no judgment on the city of Atlanta because I know the superintendent, the prior. And so I think everyone's trying to work within their community. And that's an important Sure, and piece. their community values, too, putting different pressures on that's them, pulling in a different direction. That's correct. Sure, because Paulding and, and Atlanta, like, politically and culturally, are very, very different, that's too. Right. And we're kind of in the middle. That's so right. that, that kind of fits, right? But, but our model was better than Paulding and better than Carol, because they really didn't do anything. And so for Christmas, we were able to remain in school up and follow our entire calendar. But most people don't know that the reason they started Christmas break early, it was because they couldn't manage the COVID. So whether you're talking about a Carroll County and, 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 what, and what, what we know is, what we'll say is, we just want to give our teachers a break. And, and it really wasn't about giving teachers a break. It was about we, we can't manage the COVID. We have too many teachers out sick. We have too many kids out with the tracing. And so some schools, like we were blessed in Douglas. We didn't have to close a single school, not one time. And so you have schools who didn't open, uh, but you also have schools who opened who didn't do anything. And if you look at the data, uh, they ended up stopping earlier or closing or having to close a school here or close a school there. And so I feel like we had the best model, a little bit of inconvenience, but it was the best model and it was predictable because what we started with in the fall 
we were able to complete up until the end of the school year without any interruption. That's amazing. And, and we can say that until the end of the school year, which was May, when everybody got a little bit relaxed, not a single cluster occurred in Douglas County. You mean a cluster of where it spread? Where it spread. People. Yes, wow. it, it, not one. And so that was that was important to us. Those those are fantastic uh, numbers. I'll ask you a similar question. In, in deciding that you were going to go full-on in-person instruction as much as you could, mm -hmm. what was the most difficult part of that decision? Where, where did you have some conflict or dissent, if, the, any, if any? So for me, going face-to-face -face was a no-brainer. We in education, that's what we do. That's right. Uh, I needed uh, our teachers to be on board. Be and we have phenomenal teachers. Mm -hmm. I needed for them to be comfortable. I needed for my parents to have options. Sure. And, and so once I knew my parents were good, once I knew my teachers were good, we set aside 100 positions. I remember that. Yes. Uh, so that if there was a teacher who had an underlying health condition or if there was a teacher who didn't feel comfortable, uh, so that they could teach online or do something completely different uh, until uh, COVID was under control or at least manageable. And so I, I felt like but there was a partnership between the Douglas County Board of Education, uh, myself, the leadership in Douglas County, and our teachers, and a partnership between our parents. We didn't get it perfect, sure. but I felt good about it. It's definitely, hard. Feel good it's definitely it. hard to manage that many stakeholders and get yes. anything perfect. I that. Uh, well, I think that the success of that uh, sets our community well, uh, up well for for fall. Uh, I know this information is out there and will be, you know, distributed. But if you could just briefly summarize what what um, what will return to, to normal and what won't compared to two years ago. So, um, wow, we I feel like last year we did a very good job of improving on our online platform, and so I'm excited about that. But I don't feel like we did a good job of last year was equipping our students and our teachers to be successful on, that platform. on those platforms. Right. So hard. this year, it's very hard. And so we're training teachers on how to be more effective with platforms, and we're training students on how to be more effective with learning from home. Yes, as a teacher myself last year, I can, I can speak to that, of mm -hmm. trying to, you can have this great technology, right. right? And it's awesome, some of the technology we have, but to try to make that relationship healthy and productive through that medium is a whole other, a whole other story. Yeah. So, and so I am, I'm excited about that. I'm excited that we are committed this year to not having teachers. The teachers are the heroes in this mm. because you know just for yourself, you have to provide instructions to students in your classroom and teach. And teachers who are keen, they're very good at noticing when someone needs attention or you need to remind someone to focus and trying to do it in both settings are difficult. So we are committed to not doing that this year. We will not have a single teacher. The goal is to have to do double duty. Uh, okay, but you'll still have on, oh, online absolutely. options. Absolutely. Okay. Tell us one challenge in going back to normal uh, that you anticipate and what you would like parents primarily to, to do to help or other, yeah. others in the community. The, the most stressful part about COVID isn't the kids returning to school. The, the, the most stressful part with COVID isn't the teachers providing instruction. There are superintendents who retired because of the mask debate. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so the stressful part of COVID, and it isn't for me, the, the board and I, we, we, we listen to our teachers, we look at the data, we, we try to take into consideration our community, but we try to do what we think is best. Because you, you have a handsome son here, uh, and it's important for us to make sure that he received the quality of instruction that you want him to receive. Wherever he chooses to go to school, our job is to assist him with getting there. But if we don't get him home to you safe, I don't care how smart he is, I don't care how handsome he is, uh, then we both lost. And so for us, keeping the kids safe is our top priority. Sure, because nothing else can really happen if that's not in place. And agreeing on that and what that looks and Agreeing on what safe means. Yes. Because right? not, not everyone's going to agree. Everyone has different, different risk tolerances, yes. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And so the, it, it took me a little while to, to, to come to grips with uh, your job, the board's job, excuse me, as a team, is to make sure that kids are safe first and that they receive the quality of instruction. And so that's been the... So how, how can the community help with that safety piece, or like parents uh, uh, help with safety piece? So, 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 obviously, parents have a role. Yeah, yeah no, no question. So, so number one, uh, we're, the, the, the school system is sometimes being penalized because of the community. I'll give you an example. Whether we agree or disagree with the vaccine, we have the poorest number uh, people being vaccinated in the metro area. Oh gosh, yes, it's okay. it's embarrassing. And so there's a correlation between that and the rapid increase yes. in the number of people testing positive, especially with the Delta. With the Delta, variant. Okay. yes, and there's surges at the hospital. And there are surges at the hospital. Right. Uh, and, and 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 two days ago, our positivity rate was at eight point four. You, you can't say, I don't want the vaccine. You can't say COVID isn't real. You, you uh, and, and you can't say I want my kids to go to school, and I'm not going to acknowledge that there, that, there, that there is a COVID. But at the same time, I'm not doing any of that, and the numbers are low, but you can't make my child and wear a you mask. Can, and you can become complacent. If yeah. they're low, then why are my kids wearing a mask? Yes. Because it's fine. Yes. But you never know when it will suddenly not be fine. That is very insightful. and appreciate you bringing us deep in, into the COVID story and COVID decisions. So um, in closing, so, you know, last last topic um, and what you said that caught my attention that inspires me is taking the long view, yeah. which I see how you're able to do. I mean, early on in your tenure, the system adopted the slogan, the standard of, of excellence, which some might say, yeah, there's a lot of hubris in that. The standard. Yeah. How about a standard? <laughs> that article mean, means a lot. And so... Why, why was that the, the, the slogan, and describe more concretely what, what you envision that to look like? So when, when I came to Douglas County, my goal wasn't the standard of excellence. My goal was to come better understand the community, better understand what we do in the school system. And, and what I realized was, while Douglas County is a great community and we had a great school system, we were content with being average. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think we were necessarily challenging our students. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were doing a good job of analyzing um, how we were monitoring and making adjustments. Uh, 
Well, you told me about, about that data partnership you had yes. with Harvard to get better at that, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, and we and I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to bring you back to share with the work we're doing. Okay. Yeah, and too. so what I realized was we were a diamond in the rough, and so we needed to begin having conversation about what is it. And so excellence is doing things right the first time, and whatever we do is going to last well beyond the shelf life. Instead of, it, we were more concerned about spending money than spending money correctly. Hmm. Uh, and That's so, an important distinction. And so, want to be good stewards of taxpayer. God requires us to do that. Hmm. Good steward doesn't mean taking the cheapest road. Right. Uh, right. And so, in Douglas County, from my perspective, being a good steward meant not buying quality. Hmm. Being a good steward meant cutting corners. Well, then it's not good investments if you're Correct. taking the cheap. Yes, but it, 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 we've been changing minds and changing attitudes about what is good. Right. I mean, to clarify, the building we're talking about is, is the new building, uh, if, if you don't know, um, on 78th in the old Greystone, Greystone building. Um, so it sounds like a, a key to uh, the standard of excellence is stewardship of resources. Yes. That um, That's important to you. I mean, to get at the vision a little bit more, give us a couple concrete ways you say like there's sort of like this is aspirational and then this is actual right and you can be in between mm -hmm. right so when like what what's something concrete uh <clears throat> excuse me where you could say yes <clears throat> if this happens if we're here then now it's less aspirational mm -hmm. and more actual what would, what would be a, a sign of that so one of the things I want uh, aspirational for parents to be able to do is when uh, mom and dad drops off their kindergartner and they're sitting in the parent orientation, I want to be able to say, mom and dad, whatever you want for your child, we can give you great guidance in kindergarten that we know can help you get your child to wherever you want him or her to be from graduation. You, you refer to it as an early warning system. We call it a, uh, a portrait of a Douglas County School System graduate. Um, we're not there yet, but we owe it to our parents in kindergarten to be honest with them in, in first grade and second grade and to have quantitative data that communicates that, communicates that and not qualitative. Uh, and and so, so that's one piece of it. Stewardship of resources, better use of data, using that data to more confidently communicate to parents mm -hmm. um, that this is where we're going to take your child, lead your child, um, a data-rich environment where parents can use such information. So the question is, what, you know, what would you have parents or other stakeholders uh, do to, to help you you know, approach the standard of excellence in that vision? You know, the, 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 the most important thing I would ask for parents to do is they've got to become partners with the Douglas County School System. And what does that look like? And so what, what a partner looks like is if we don't get it right, tell us. If we do, tell us. It, it can't be one-sided. You can't only say the good things. And you can't only say the, the bad thing. We, a true partnership is you are an ambassador 
But what I've learned from other school systems who are equal to us when it comes to data, but the perception-wise is they're better than us, is my mother used to have a saying. And she would tell us as a family and, and my dad, and they would say, now, Trent, you can talk about your sister, and you can be honest with her, but that stays within our home. Outside of here, we say nothing bad about one another. And so what we've got to get to in Douglas County is we are a family. And so when you're sitting beside the mom at Paulding County and, and you're, you know, AAU soccer, and the mom talks about how good her perception is because that's all it is, her school is, and if, and if the parent doesn't say, well, my son or daughter attends Douglas County School System, and we have a phenomenal school system as, as well, then we've lost. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so then we can't become frustrated if we lose students. Uh, and so we have some great things occurring in Douglas County. So we need for our parents to join us and become ambassadors. You know, as a resident of Douglas County, I know that the number one indicator for what people choose to live, work, and play is school. Mm. And now because you can work from home more so than ever, it's not even really work. So now they move their kids to what they consider to be the best schools, and then they work from home. And so if the perception is that that isn't a good school system, that's going to have a financial impact on all of us who own property taxes, uh, who own homes in Douglas County. And so we've got to partner and become ambassador. If something isn't going right at your school, and if it's your teacher, step one, you start the teacher. Give them every opportunity to get it right. They want to get it right. Right. If they don't, then go to the principal. Right. And, and then you end up with me, and our goal and, is to make it right. And respect people the way that you want them to be. You yes. be respected. Well, I think, one, I think the best choice you made four years ago, maybe the first choice you made, was to live here yes. so that you would be invested um, in the community and that you yourself would be a stakeholder. Love Douglas and, and not just uh, an employee. And uh, you see that in your community involvement, yeah. that this, is, this you. is your home. It's not just your job. Thank you. And that's made all the difference, I think. It makes a huge difference. So thanks for being a guest on our, on our podcast. Uh, this was a great interview. And I hope as many people can see it, can hear it as possible, so that when they do engage with the school system, they can, they can do it uh, in an informed way. And that's our goal. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of In-Depth Douglas. If you like our content, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. and help spread the word about this podcast with your friends and family in Douglas County.